0: Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene podcast where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work capital T capital W I'm Sabrina Ronnie Firminger and today I'm what's beyond happy ecstatic I'm ecstatic to welcome Brian Markinson back to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. The first time we had Brian on the pod, we gave him the superhero origin story treatment. We learned about how his filmography came to be populated with meanies, baddies, and other assorted characters who live in morally ambiguous zones in shows like The Romeo Section, Mad Men, Continuum, Arctic Air, and The Killing and films like Shooter, The Curse of the Jade Scorpion and Charlie Wilson's War. And I think I also had the flu.
1: You did.
0: <laughs> Just having a flashback of like I wouldn't do that now. I wouldn't come in and and like fight it and be like, "No, no, no, I'm I'm not sick," but
1: We're way beyond flu now, aren't we? We're We're way beyond flu. (laughs) And
0: we do have the plexiglass between us. Anyway, (laughs) the second time we hosted Ryan was in the lead up to the premiere of Tribal. Tribal stars Jessica Madden as Sam Woodburn, a young indigenous woman who is appointed chief of tribal police in the wake of a corruption scandal and finds herself forced to partner with Book, a grizzled, racist, angry white cop from the nearby Metropolitan Police Force. Brian spoke about what drew him to Book and how a series like Tribal can move conversations around truth and reconciliation forward. Well, this month, Tribal returns for its second season, and the stakes for Sam and Book are even more personal. In the same way that conversations around truth and reconciliation are arguably more present for Canadians than they've ever been before, although Indigenous people have never had the luxury to not know this truth and live this truth. For Sam and Book, the line between their work and their personal lives is increasingly blurry as the remains of nearly a dozen Indigenous people are discovered beneath the city. The episodes I've screened have been searing and gripping, and we're seeing Sam and Book go deeper with each other and into their work and themselves than we did last season. Tribal is inarguably must-see TV, and Brian's Spook is a major contributing factor to why this is so. So today I want to talk about Tribal and his recent episode of Family Law and everything that Brian's been working on since the last time he was here. But I also want to talk about the big topics of this historic moment, the grief and loss and anger and isolation and revolution, because Brian is an artist and artists hold up a mirror to the moment and reflect back our truth. I want to know what Brian sees when he looks in that mirror and what role he thinks the performing arts can play as we move into the next stage of these pandemic times. Brian Markinson. Hi. Hello. Welcome back to the Bear so, Screen Scene Podcast for the third time. I'm you're, so
1: happy to be here. You're
0: a three-peat offender. Yes! <laughs> New introduction, though, since last time we were here, we do have plexiglass. We do. Um, I also think that we should... We should address the elephant in the room. Okay. Is it weird to see yourself on my shirt and also on my mug?
1: <laughs> well, I've been living with that tr- lovely little truth that you <laughs> perpetrated oh, uh, for man. the last number of months. Yeah, months yeah. and months. Uh, yeah, no, I... <laughs>
0: I did wear it special today. Um, So this started, I will just tell the listeners who haven't, who who, I think a lot of them are aware because I just keep posting photos of it. And then other people get their Brian Markinson mug or their Brian Markinson shirt and then they post photos. But basically this started as a Twitter joke. Brian said that no one would want his face on a mug or a T-shirt. I disagreed. He dared me to go for it. (laughs) I don't think you thought I you didn't think I was going to do it, I right? I had no idea you would. And it. thanks to the lovely people at the London Drugs photo lab, uh, I took them up on that dare and that that could have been the end of it.
1: I am boycotting <laughs> London Drugs. <laughs> no for way. Now. I'm kidding. No way. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: Um through the magic of social media <laughs> I connected with Jessica Madden, who's Brian's co-star on Tribal. Uh, she wanted a Brian Markinson tote bag and shirt and mug to surprise Brian on set, and I was very, very happy to oblige. We did it all in se- in secret. We're trying to rush it. Actually, she wanted. We, I just couldn't make it happen uh, in that short time frame. But she actually wanted for everybody. Like she wanted oh, to have to the whole casting <laughs> group. M- maybe Tribal Season Three. Um, <laughs> there's a video that I will share on the YVR Screen Scene Instagram uh, from the day that Jessica. Jessica or her Brian Markinson merch to set to surprise you. And um, definitely one of the highlights of my career.
1: It was really <laughs> lovely. And I, it was lovely as well because uh, that crew is means a ton to me. And it gave, you know, we are working long days. And it really gave everybody a, a huge shot in the arm. It was yeah. like you know somebody bringing a birthday cake out. So, <laughs> except it was at the expense of the persons whose birthday it was. Totally worth it. Totally, <laughs> totally worth it. it. Yes,
0: this bullying was worth <laughs> it. Um, but, yeah, so thank you for being such a such a good sport. but I will say because i didn't I hadn't seen the video and I didn't talk to you. you were just texting me. I didn't actually know from the tone of your messages if you were mad at me or not. oh my God it's like no. you're a fucking because of the tone. I was like, <laughs> oh, you're a fucking folk hero <laughs> like, you know on the Scalgary set and-
1: Yeah, no, you are <laughs> they no you you got me. I mean, you got me in a in a in a big way, so no never, never, never okay. it's so flattering. I'm just waiting for you to uh. Somebody to bump me off the, no the, way. the oh, like Ponovix Who I I'm very very happy to get you um, in, in photographs of anybody you'd like <laughs> who've been on there.
0: No, there's a. Actually, keep an eye on the YVR Screen Scene Instagram for uh, no, not for not for other people on shirts. You more Brian Markinson shirt and mug recipients. People keep reaching out to me, and they they want it. So I will. I will. There is no accounting for taste. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to actually. So we got the elephant actually there are a couple elephants in the room so that was one of them right the other elephant in the room um is a question that is really the question of this moment and a question of the last i don't know like 20 months or something it's become such a big question used to be such a rhetorical device you know to move to the next step of conversation you're like get to it so i will say brian from my heart how are you
1: I'm I'm excellent. It's okay. so good to see you. It was so good to see you last night as are we, well. Oh,
0: we're going to talk about that.
1: We celebrated, we celebrated Sabrina's birthday and Sharon Taylor's And birthday. Sharon Taylor's birthday and it was a lovely group of folks. It,
0: and I still we're both still here today.
1: <laughs> we are still here today. A little worse for wear, but, but
0: that was but okay, but that's an interesting tie in to my question though, right? Mm-hmm. Because I actually I had a few moments and I wasn't the only one who in our gathering and a, we were all double-vaxxed and you have to show your vaccine passport to get in and, you know, a lot of us hadn't seen each other for nigh on two years, right? And there were moments where a few of us were choked up, you know, that I, it was I'm just so i constantly
1: feeling that way.
0: Emotional. So, t- so tell me, like, how has your how has your, your COVID how's, been? <laughs> how's my pandemic been? Yeah.
1: Oh, awesome. <laughs> So awesome. You know, I, I have to say, I've been very, very... Um, fortunate that I've kept busy mm. during that time. Yeah. And that uh because we we both know that there are folks you you know I have friends f- work friends who were in the theater in New York, uh, mm. actors who made their living on Broadway and off Broadway um and it's been two years that they they couldn't make a living. Yeah. So um I've been really, really fortunate. Not to mention everybody outside of our industry who who have been struggling. People who have different levels of anxiety when it comes to that isolation. Um, you know, I've tried to st- to keep common sense uh, as my sort of north north northern light, my yeah. northern my north star. North star, yeah. Um, I don't ever want to get too. Hysterical about it. I th- I I I listened to the scientists. Um, you know. Do you remember a time when we used to be sitting back in judgment when our our um, countrymen who who are of Asian persuasion, who this is a reality for them for years. They care. They a lot of them are gloved and a lot of them are masked. And they wear umbrella. Uh, you know, yeah. they have umbrellas in the sun. And I know that I stood in judgment like, what, like, huh? What is this? Overkill? Paranoia? And here we find ourselves now that it is the status quo. So our yeah. normal has shifted in such a profound way. I mean, the last world event that we've had it was I maybe World War Two, If mm-hmm. we think about it, something that affected um
0: Everybody.
1: Everybody on the planet. So, you know, uh, I, I've been I've been fine, and and um, uh, my family has remained healthy. Yeah. And we've been together. I've been working steadily, and because um, a film set seems to be one of the safest places because of the 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 extreme protocols because yeah. it costs them a ton of money to underwrite and insure now so you know the show i'm on now i'm being tested three times a week everybody's masked it, it, it's just it's a new normal so uh so yes the other night seeing you i I'm having all of these little rebirths. Mm. I went to the theater um at at the Shaw Festival um with a couple friends we drove I had a couple days off oh. in Toronto. We drove out to see a friend of mine in a play at Shaw. Wow. And it was uh, incredible to sit in a theater again. Yeah. Uh, and and that it's like was like
0: church or temple. Like that's what a theater really is, right? It's, I was uh,
1: I was choked up. So yeah. I'm I'm with you that those <laughs> things happen you know sometimes you appreciate like hugging someone now mm. it's it, it it it's it's different we we take all that for granted we take our lives our freedom for granted and when i say freedom i don't mean it in 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 the freedom the way my, the co- my country the meant, the co-opted <laughs> american way of yeah. freedom i mean you know the freedom to move around the world uh, our worlds um in close proximity to each other when we want to be. Yeah. Um yeah. It, but I'm that you my long winded so beautifully though. But it's my long-winded way of saying I'm fine and I've been uh, I think I'm one of the lucky one of the lucky ones throughout this that I've been engaged um throughout.
0: Yeah. You put it so beautifully and almost made me be like, wow, we really needed this. This, you know, I mean, you talk about rebirth and stuff, but appreciating, you know, all you know, the magic of of things, but that's only like I'm only thinking that because you've said it. Where I've actually been really sitting in is how broken things seem, and how um, you know everything from you know the isolation, the toll on on mental health, the the ways that families have been fractured, the way, and the the racism, you know, the the we had a 3,000% increase in acts of violence against Asian Canadians here in right. Vancouver. Um, what do you think that the, we're just gonna get into it. Why not? What, what, what do you think that the pandemic has revealed about the the ills of humanity? I this to you as the, the artist, you know, who, who does inhabits some, or go to some ugly places
1: yeah uh, i first wanted to I, I mean what I'd like to say is that that th- my hope was when we we found ourselves uh, in the midst of this and when when the full sort of weight of what was happening to all of us and the, and this boat that we all found ourselves in when we when we finally started to realize exactly the magnitude of what this thing was um my hope was you know, I, I was I was sobbing on a daily basis. I I would go out and and like, I I had decided I'm going to read our our town, which is this this incredibly beautiful play. Um, mm. I you know people in our business know it. I I was going to direct a reading of it because my hope was that we had humanity had the opportunity to do a reset. Mm. So all of these polarizing. Um, forces that we have been in in the last politic geopolitically in the last number of years, yeah. you know Trump, blah 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 blah. I thought yeah, <laughs> that yeah, is that's, honestly
0: that's like the that is like the epitaph for his for his, yeah, for his career, like
1: <laughs> yada yada yada. You're an asshole.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: so I I thought that we had an opportunity to reset to a more humanist. Um, uh, just a a, a, a a more humanist bent in terms of who and what we were as i I just thought on the other end of this there was the possibility yeah um I am not as optimistic now because I think that and as you've said uh, people are it, human beings when they're when they're put under a, a ton of stress all of that that stuff is exacerbated yeah. by um, you know a thousand percent and I think that's what we're seeing that those you know the so-called tolerances or tolerating um, quote-unquote those people right Mm -hmm. people who are not whatever um, you know pick something right it's like mad libs you know just put 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 a put a nationality or or a marginalized uh, somebody who has a different sexual connotation or identity you know what i mean so all that tolerance that we have sort of been it 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 just seemed to give humanity an excuse to to blow that up yeah you know um i don't know there's an incredible article that if people haven't read it that they should it's about the united states it's written by a ubc um anthropologist named wade davis and it's a it was published in the rolling stone magazine it's called um oh god here we go it's called the unraveling of america okay. and what it's about but it, it, it's a lot more um universal than that it is about i what i think it's about it's about humanity we do better up here but we're not uh you know we are a part of that same monster but it's about how the pandemic has sort of pulled um pulled the veil back on the american um the big fault in the american system which is putting me before we mm. i think we do it better up here but as we have seen as you were talking about that yeah. that there are you know a percentage of our population who 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 have backslid but it's a great article about, you know, what happens when, when you put yourself, and the United States was built on that idea yeah. of m- me, my rights, my rights, and, and how we're moving the pandemic and COVID-19 has shown how it is, it is just not a, a tenable model anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that we have, to, we have to take care of each other first that's yeah. why it's so infuriating yeah. seeing you know people using fake vax cards and blah 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 and all that stuff so yeah
0: protesting us out of hospitals and and all of that I'll include a link to the article in the footnotes for this episode yeah it's episode. fabulous
1: it's, I think it's essential reading
0: so how do you think art then can help us heal from the wounds of this time or or can art do that for us
1: well, I think if we look at even if we look at great literature, if we look at great art, whatever, whatever the medium is, I, I like to 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 go to writers and playwrights. I think that the 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 best plays that were ever written are written were forged out of times like this. Mm-hmm. You go back to the WPA. um and, and the depression and what came out, those plays with um, what came out of that era and then you move to the Vietnam, World War II and the Vietnam era. Mm. And uh, so we're in a time now and I think artists are the ones who, you know, who, who can hold that mirror up and depending on the, you know, when we're fortunate enough to have somebody like a Tony Kushner who wrote Angels in America, um, you know, you you can really you 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 can punch an audience in the face with that that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, but we're in a I don't know I'm uh, I want to move away from the whole Marvel Universe thing, and I'm I'm hoping. And I nothing against Marvel. I love that. As you
0: said it, you kind of looked at I looked all at, of my superhero stuff. Oh my
1: god, you have so many. I have so it's many. Fantastic, DC s- and Marvel, yeah. And yeah, um, but moving, <laughs> moving out of that, you know, that allegorical sort of universe, and into personal stories that yeah. that that speak to our condition. So, I think art does that. Yeah and i think we have the opportunity to but it usually lags right so it usually you know hopefully i would like to believe that there are people sitting at typewriters and typewriters (laughs) typewriters (laughs) yes (laughs) gee whiz Gee whiz. Gee whiz, typewriters! Gee whiz. Wow, honey, get my Smith Corona. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting at their laptop, say whatever, and they're and they're yeah. hard at work writing this stuff that is going to that that's going to help crack us a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, what I it, it's strange but true, but I feel like this is a a good segue into tribal. Mm. Um, because I think tribal. I felt this after the first season, but I'm really deeply feeling it after the episodes of season two that I've screened. Um, It kind of exists in two different realities simultaneously. It's at once this, you know, it's like a gritty crime, you know, drama, you know, where you get to see these actors at the top of their game just like... At, acting
1: wearing suits <laughs> badges holding guns <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: but uh, you know in the cold because I know mm. you filmed in oh my January God. and February February it was horrible but but then there's the fact that you know we, uh, we're watching th- these stories in the age of you know truth and reconciliation um and I'm really, I'm curious, you know, and I really felt that in season one, but season two, uh, you know, especially after the thousands of graves have been identified on the on the grounds of the former so-called residential schools, they were not schools. Mm. Um, what what do you what connection do you see between the content of the show and the dialogue that's going on in the zeitgeist? And how do you think that that tribal specifically season 2 can help us i don't know make sense of what's going on move forward can 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 a show like tribal help heal at all
1: well i well, mean watching
0: book and yeah. and sam go through what they're going through you know help us
1: well i think i, I you know ron decided that he you know the so the, the world of APTN wanted a procedural show. They wanted something that, because as audiences, we can hook into that, those sort of, um, they're very reliable. We know it's going to happen. We have a sense that the good guys are going to win, the bad guys are, are going to jail, blah, blah, blah. But within that framework, because there's, you've got the Dick Wolf school and that law and order where you know, the ripped from the headlines things. This, Ron wanted to make this a more personal story. That the people within this framework that is familiar of cop show. Yeah. Um, he wanted to to bring out the humanity of these people, which is very rare. A lot of the time the guest stars in those Dick Wolf shows get all the sort of, all the great gritty stuff. And and the the stars of the show have that same thing. They're always flashing their badge. They have the same scene that they play over and over and over again. We never really get to see and get to know them personally. So season two, he, he made a conscious effort to go deeper into that and okay so what are we dealing with how we we're, we're, we're sort of looking through the prism of these two people um Sam and Book and, and the people in the periphery of it but but basically those two and how are they dealing with um when they're faced with this sort of unspeakable horror that is that is not monster movie horror and this is horror that is that is it's happening today it it, it happens all the time
0: talk about the discovery of remains of indigenous
1: Jessica um, and I hope you get to talk to her at some time Uh, I know she wants to talk to you but Jessica is a family member of one of them missing and murdered so she she, she's (sighs) she is uh, is connected that way yeah so how do? So what do you do? I mean, you have, you were it's a crime show. What Ron wanted to explore was how that kind of trauma, how these two people deal with this trauma. Um, in Book's case which is a was a fun thing to explore his estranged family sorry
0: I snickered because you said fun I'll put a pin in that in and that, way, what, what did
1: I say what did I say it was a
0: fun thing to explore oh yeah <laughs> actors are weird that's like the main thing I just <laughs> I think you know I've have learned the, through this podcast is can, actors enjoy weird stuff
1: can I tell you that the that that, <laughs> that here's the thing I say fun because no matter how it, it, what we do is a is a lie. It's all make believe and pretend. And so we have that buffer between ourselves. No matter how 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 cracked we may feel, it's it's just like playing cops and robbers as eight year olds. Yeah. That's what it is. And our level of commitment. But we're protected. So when I say fun to explore, I mean I'm protected by it. Yeah. It, it I can go in and dip my toe into something that I have never experienced, nor would I want to, yeah. and and um, and it and I'm protected by it in yeah. a sense.
0: You're kind of a proxy too, I guess, for for the rest of us as well. You know, because then we get to watch <laughs> you, your characters, experience these things and confront these things, and then we get to have a hopefully a cathartic right. experience. And I think that's that's why I see the potential. For a show like Tribal, especially in this historic moment, and I'm compl- I'm aware of the fact that you filmed the season before the you know the the bodies were mm. although they had been reported for years. People years. knew Indigenous people were saying they knew yeah. that they were there, yeah. but you know as far as the confirm- confirmed you know. Um, Discovery first the of the
1: mass graves, yeah, yeah,
0: in Kamloops, and then Mm -hmm. thousands across the country, Um,
1: and there will be more.
0: And there will be uh, there will be more. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's I see the the potential for Shoshone Tribal to kind of like bring us deeper into you know I don't know like processing what that means, you know, and, you know, um, maybe having empathy, you know, if, if you're not from, from the community, you know, that has had genocide done upon it, you right. know, but then also like dealing with your what it means to be responsible or complicit or being the the beneficiary of white supremacy and of, you know, being a settler. Right. So I, I just find it fascinating that even though when you filmed it, you didn't know that all this was going to be coming out, no. and yet we're watching it with all of that coming out.
1: Right? Yeah. It, yeah I, you know, this is the genius of what uh, of Ron's show, it, it, and that that we haven't because we have these two prisms. We have the prism of a white dude, uh, a guy. That's who's, you, right? I, last time I well, well let me just check your, your t-shirt yes yeah that that guy yeah and my and your mug and my I, mug she's flashing both right now oh god help me um the, <laughs> so so but we get to, we get to, we are proxies. So I'm. So when you look at Bakansky Buka,
0: uh, yeah, you're still doing it.
1: I know. No, I don't. I don't have to say it. I do. I guess I do. I am B- Bukowski.
0: Not Bukowski. Not Bukansky. Bukowski. Bukansky. Yeah.
1: Um, when so we we get to see how he deals in the face of this stuff as somebody who has the the, the the privilege of being on on uh, the white the supremacist side of the you know the field that they we've enjoyed that privilege yeah um and, you know and ron is playing with that we actually go into his to book's origin story um i think that's one of the episodes you saw about how he was yes. how he was shot um but through that trauma book finds himself being drawn back towards his ex his his wife and son and trying to heal through that whereas Sam's character has gone inside and has sort of divorced herself through the course of this and and that's a very very interesting dichotomy with these with these people is one is is being drawn towards family and one is 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 pushing away so he was experimenting with that i think it's very interesting i uh do i think there's healing uh, i mean uh, of course i mean they've set the guy that i portray is pretty far down that that road in terms mm-hmm. of his prejudices against indigenous peoples for whatever his reasons are mainly fear and ignorance which yeah. i think is at the root of all of that kind of hatred
0: yeah
1: but if he can as i've said and as i've said to you last season if if this guy can shift and if he can find common ground and if he can create a family with an indigenous woman then why like honestly why can't we all yeah it's an amazing story the other day that these four Sikh um men saved a uh, a climber on the was it on the north shore yeah, on the
0: north shore yeah, yeah on my mountain on your mountain
1: yes that I live on that mountain
0: was that you
1: no it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but but you see yeah. you see what a selfless uh, an, a, a human act yeah what what that does it yeah. it eradicates it, it 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 eradicates color i won't say it eradicates color for a, that moment we we get a we get a glimpse of of the what if
0: yeah it's it can it unites us in our humanity it's less about the differences that and the things that separate us and it's like no, we're all humans right. we're trying to survive
1: right but bald as we're getting as James Baldwin so eloquently mm. says is until until white I won't just say America, but you know that those of us here um deal with the the sort of shame of an an acknowledgement of that shame of mm. what what they have done there there there's it's kind of difficult to move yeah. on and i know?
0: i would even add To feel the shame in the first place—that's actually been one of the exciting things, if you want to use the word exciting—about what's been going on in the last few months. uh, You know, with with what, especially, I mean, what settler Canadians, white Canadians, but I mean, I'm a beneficiary of it as well, Mm. as the the daughter and granddaughter and wife of immigrants, um, Mm. actually feeling and internalizing the shame and this. for the first time, in some cases, you know, and feeling, hum, like being humbled and kind of sitting in it, like this this very subdued Canada Day that we had, right? You know, yeah. where people were just like, just sitting in in this self a lot of people, not everybody, not everybody, uh, but, but you know, sitting in uh-uh. this moment of self reflection. I just thought it was only good can come from that
1: of complicitness, right? Yeah, because ain't we all? Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. Um, on a, talking about tribal, but totally not different. about the heavy stuff. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, I, I have, I've written Marcy T. House and John Cassini, happy face, exclamation point. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, these are two stellar Vancouver based talents. Mm. I mean, worked all over. Um, you know, we are very grateful that, though, they, they, for the most part, choose to call Vancouver home. But, you know, both have incredibly prominent roles this season. We got to see John, uh, who was also there last
1: yeah, John was here last night, too. He's a very, very dear friend of me. I have, I have, I, I love, I love him so much. And He plays know. a
0: very nasty, uh, damaged uh, serial killer, yeah. basically, uh, on that, Tribal. I,
1: that's, an, a, that's a redundant statement.
0: <laughs> well, like, there were moments I'm like, oh, like, I can kind of see the... This, Like, let's go. like, I'm not going to say empathy, but I'm like, okay, he's got his own POV. I'm feeling what he's saying, I guess.
1: That's the beautiful thing about playing. This is why, if you were to ask John, if he was sitting here right now, he would say the same thing is that to be able to challenge an audience to empathize. uh, uh, David Milch, who did NYPD Blue, I played a guy. Way back in the day, who raped and killed his own eight-year-old son? Oh,
0: for fuck's sake! Right.
1: (laughs) Sorry, sorry, everybody. (laughs) Here all week. Um, But he said he said to me, and it was the it was an it was the the most important thing in this vein that has ever been said. And I and I and I I run it my work. When I play these guys through that filter, first, he says, none of this is outside the realm of humanity, mm. right? It's where all of these people are human beings. And, and the fun thing, again, I use the <laughs> word fun, and, but it is the challenge. It I'll sounds put like it this way. It's a way.
0: game for, for actors, is. right? To like figure out, like it's a puzzle box, you know, and then you are like trying is. to figure out the... I, I'm doing hand motions. No one can see that. But you get what I'm saying, yeah, right? Like, so yeah. what what makes this person tick? And to be like, even though I think it's reprehensible, right. you know, to see how they see things and then to communicate that to others. I'm assuming. Actors are my puzzle box to try to figure that, them out. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and and playing a role and a piece of text is 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 our puzzle and yeah. to try to to find an end. But usually what I like to do and I, I think John would say the same thing when when you play those guys who we sit in judgment of as morally reprehensible or quote unquote monsters it's it's important to challenge an audience yeah. and I've played those guys a lot and I always try to find where the damage is and can I get that person sitting in their living room watching me to go even if it's for a minute mm. even if it's for a second and a, a shutter click to go oh 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 I hate myself for for how 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 could I in any way, empathize or identify with this person, but we're we're all we're we're all in that same family, you know.
0: Yeah, you have made me hate myself on multiple <laughs> occasions. But okay, okay. I do want to talk though about first. Let's talk about John, and then also uh, Marcy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the joy, especially somebody who is your dear friend, mm. um, we've worked with quite a bit. But I mean, this this is not a. a these are not roles where you get to high five and your BFFs, right? Like, you know. No. So, can, can you tell me about like you know the the joys of getting to work with John?
1: But the work it, on for, on Tribal. Yeah, I, I mean, well, first off, outside of what's happening on set, um, you know, we we would find ourselves in ramen places. We'd eat noodles and we'd hang out, and so. <laughs> When you're on location, you eating at,
0: noodles is uh, it, the, the idea of it is giving me a lot of joy. It's just, it's yeah. so
1: fantastic. <laughs> but when uh, away, away from away from set and being out on location, where there's really you don't you you, you don't have any responsibility other than to yourself and the work. Uh, our spouses aren't there. Our kids aren't around. So it it really is this sort of you know, it's a great opportunity to sort of sit and bond. And and so that part of it was great. On the set, um, you know, he is a consummate, consummate um, actor. Um, He takes it as seriously as I do, and yet he also knows that this is all, this is all, I I don't wanna say in fun, but it's all about the play. It's the sandbox. And so we we like to Sorry, you're
0: <laughs> finding so many different ways. I
1: love what it's I, like I do. It's like you're sitting there at your it,
0: typewriter it, and you like,
1: it doesn't make, of new ways
0: to say it. I
1: know it's true. I, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'll try to. My brain is still. I'm. I still have scotch coursing through my <laughs> through, through my blood vessels right now. Oh, it's right my now. fault. It no, was fun. It was, it was fun. So much fun. Um, but but he's a consummate. Guy, like we're looking for place to do together now, and and uh, mm. you know he's he's a, a formidable dance partner. Yeah. Uh, and 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 so what more can you ask? And 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 it's great to have somebody you trust like that. Yeah. Marcy is Marcy, a force gee, of nature, house. and I was so <laughs> so happy that she was. I mean, I I you know I I made a number of suggestions um, in terms of casting. In, in certain roles, and uh, and she was at the very top of my list for that because they were looking for, they were looking for a woman of color for that part, and and uh, and uh, I mean, that was the first thing out of out of their mouth and said, "This is what we're looking for," and, and Marcy was the first person to come to my mind for 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 that role. And what is it
0: about Marcy that I mean? Well, the, she's, the proof she, is in the pudding when you watch it. We both grew up know. in
1: Chicago. <laughs> yeah, she's a she, she's a Chicago gal. Uh, you know, she again she's a, she, she's she's a force. She's a force of nature. She she's a hard worker. She's a wonderful, wonderful actor. And you know, uh, well, come on, you get an opportunity to to bring somebody like that into you know your, the your family. It, it it just elevates the quality of the show. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, I will have links to how to watch Tribal, Marcy's episode, John's episode. So like, just go to, go to, after you listen to this, go to the footnotes for this episode and go get to know these remarkable artists even better. Better. Better? Better. I, apparently, I'm still yeah, too Yeah. And a shout out
1: also <laughs> to uh, Sarah Jane Redman, who played uh, my wife, yes. who's wonderful. Um, yeah we had a wonderful wonderful cast uh come out and and to a man, the guest stars who came out and did did the that work they're all fantastic yeah yeah so we're we're very we're very fortunate,
0: okay i want to talk about uh, a couple of um of recent roles uh mm-hmm. one that recently aired uh another one that's a little ways down the road uh I'm assuming these were both Fun. Um, <laughs> it's all I, fun I'm talking so first of all I want to talk about the character of Ira that you played uh, in Family Law mm. we did have Susan Nielsen on the show um, oh she did speak God, at length her. about how she was a little starstruck um, by you and that you know she really regretted that she didn't ask you about uh, Mad Men at the time I have
1: told her anytime <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take her to dinner and, and talk all about Mad Men with her I, she I want to be there her.
0: Wait, that's a great episode. Come back, yeah. You and Susan. We could just talk talking about, about Mad Men.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I adore her. She, what a, uh, she's an incredibly prolific, wonderful artist. Yeah. And a, and a, it's the first time I've ever got to work with her, and uh, really, it's the first time ever. You can talk to Cassini, huh. like Cassini did. Um, Robson Arms. Robson Arms. Um this was my very first time meeting wow. her. Um wow. I'd worked with Jewel before. Um, Jewel
0: State. I love her.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um and, and but it was it was it was a wonderful experience, you yeah. know. It's Fun. nice to go in there and do those one-offs every now and then because you you're not you're not carrying the load. I understand what, you know, what regulars do. No, but you have to do.
0: bring it, though, for, for this one. You play a husband whose wife has early-onset dementia mm-hmm. and who is fighting his daughter uh, in court to right. get his wife moved from her facility. Um,
1: Carmela meet lovely, beautiful, beautiful actress.
0: Incredible. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so c- can you tell me a little bit? I didn't... <laughs> the facility where Ira's wife resides mm-hmm. um it's uh it's kind of like a te- it's a town you know <laughs> it's like a it's like a pretend town yeah uh did you know that those were re- things before like what kind of research did you do either into early onset dementia or you know these kind of facilities because I actually I did like I was like are these a thing and then I, I did went on a google rabbit hole after the episode and I'm like wow these are
1: there's a place I think in I know there's a place in BC south of Vancouver somewhere. I don't want to say where it is. There's these all I'm I'm not sure where it is. Yeah. And then my uh, my friend in, in California, there are these places that they're set up as these beautiful sort of playgrounds. And yeah. and not necessarily uh, you know, huge, huge towns, but even within within the structures inside yeah. th- th- these you know, there are these little like little dollhouses that 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 people can exist in. Yeah. Um
0: because you know if they if they, you know, quote unquote wander mm. in the town, there's there's all it's it's all health profession, health professionals right. there to to help them. Mm. Um I I had no I had no idea. Oh so yeah. So this is this was incredible. I do you because when I had Susan on the podcast and she was like, oh, Brian Markinson is coming. I'm like, oh, does he play a, does he, oops, sorry. Steve Lobo texting, probably an apology for bailing on last night. Boom. Yeah, yeah we're keeping that in, Lobo. <laughs> um, I'll put my phone down there. Uh, and I was like, oh, does he play a baddie? And she's like, no, like it's a really you know, gripping, emotional role. Was this, was it hard, I, mean, I know it's fun, but mm. was a role like this where like, I'm imagining that you are, as the actor, imagining some really awful things, you know, in order to put yourself in that kind of place where you're thinking about your, your wife in that kind of situation or, or people that you know, like is it, you know, was, was this, or is this the same kind of thing with, with Tribal? It's like the, you, you go, have to go to the same kind of spot.
1: I had a wonderful teacher um, named Wynne Hanman who passed recently. Uh, if anybody wants to see a fantastic documentary about a, a teacher who lives in service, it's called It Takes a Lunatic. It's on Netflix, and this guy taught everybody from Richard Gere to Hoffman. To, like. I mean, he's been, he, he's a wonderful teacher. But what he always said that the everything you need is on the page and in the text, and, and the way that I personally work we're all trying to get to that same place right where we can tell a believable story something based on truth that Mm -hmm. feels truthful whether or not it is and and we can agree that it's not because you know i'm 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 not a guy whose wife is is losing you know her faculties um but i i tend to read and when i teach i i teach i teach I teach the same way, that that everything you need is on the page. You really can only prepare yourself for the first moment of a scene, right? And then you have to just see and trust where the writer is going to take you. Mm-hmm. Susan is a wonderful writer. Her writing staff is incredible. So. I surrender myself to that and I don't think in terms of emotion I don't think in terms of I I think in terms of what I'm doing Uh, we had this I haven't Susan, don't hurt me, but I haven't seen the episode yet. Uh, I don't. I, I don't,
0: almost want to hurt you. How I you know. I don't. Well,
1: episode? because I don't. Look, I don't watch myself a lot. I. I, I, I You're watching
0: yourself now on my shirt. on your
1: shirt. And, and 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 you can see how comfortable I am.
0: Very comfortable. So you can imagine yeah. me
1: looking at a moving image of myself.
0: Oh wow!
1: But there's a scene at the end where where we're sitting on a bench and i'm so the story the story i'll just tell just briefly yeah the story is big
0: spoilers though because it's
1: a oh 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 it's still oh yeah people will see it Eh, okay i won't i then i have i can't really say but my wife basically falls in love uh
0: I can't believe you said that part. I
1: haven't, I won't say, but I won't say with you. Never mind. At any rate, at the end. It's I, fine.
0: We're down there. I'm,
1: we're, we're, <laughs> no, no, no. Watch it. It's, it's at any rate.
0: It's magical. It's so a very special. we have episode. the, we
1: have this scene where we're sitting on a, on a bench Ugh. and, and, um, and he has to say goodbye to her. So, but, but I can't you know and and i know that that people have talked about that that uh, and i had no idea i was going to crack the way i cracked Mm. but what i teach is like you have to trust the journey that the writer has taken you on and Mm -hmm. if you make yourself available to that that i believe in my heart that that you'll get to the places you need to get yeah it's a scary thing to put that kind of trust in the what ifs. But if you do, then things can happen. You can surprise yourself. But so what I did was commit to how much I loved my wife in the moment when I was sitting with her. And I committed to a moment of happiness and engagement with her and really committed to that. So then to say goodbye and just to get up and walk away from that, I found myself walking away from that, feeling like somebody had had stuck a knife in me and I couldn't. And it wasn't anything that I was trying to play or you. As soon as you as soon as you try to grab a hold of that and turn that into something, it goes away. So my focus is on what am I doing? Well, I'm loving my wife. That's all I'm doing, loving my wife, and engaged with her and focused with her. So, and that's what I teach. And yeah. it's a, it's a scary thing for an actor to 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 work without a net, to not work in the in the in the in the realm of performance, but really to do your work and then show up and say, okay, well, let's see what happens.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, wow, it what works. an
0: incredible peek mm. behind the curtain! Thank you so oh, much. Oh, you bet. Yeah. Um, I will say that uh watching that scene, uh you broke me, um, yeah. and i I was not able to watch it without thinking about Paul and without thinking about you know the like the people that I love and what that must have felt like. So I think this is me also as an a- not an actor being like, I'm assuming that like it's must be tr- traumatizing or that you have to so that peak behind the curtain mm. i I appreciate that, yeah very but much. but
1: but you. Without without you, there is no performance. Without your empathy and without being able to sit there and and be affected by that, and, and uh, this is what this is what we love about this. And it's all smoke and mirrors, but w- where it takes us is very very it very real. Yeah. It it, it there's a weird alchemy that happens. You like a you know?
0: dealer in in like making. <laughs> people feel big feelings and maybe break you break them a little bit you yeah. break me a little bit may that's why i so gleefully put your face on his shirt so that i can break you yeah, break a me. little bit yeah. um okay so we're kind of winding down okay. here uh in part one because we're both kind of hungover. but <laughs> but brian's a professional but two he's got to go teach yeah, so we're keeping teach. to the schedule i do also i want to talk though about the project that you are filming right now Okay. I mean, not right now. Like you were filming it a few days ago, and then you're going to go back and film it again. Right, uh, which is uh, based on uh, the Sackler family and the opioid epidemic, and mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know where to start if you don't know what's going on. But we are, you know, it's like there are like two pandemics going on, really. Like we are, we are, we have Absolutely. lost, and we are losing people every day. You know, to um, to opioid addiction and overdose and uh, the the family that, uh, well, maybe you can explain a little bit about who the Sackler family are within the, con- <clears throat> set wow, this in history, yeah.
1: please. <laughs> well, <clears throat> Arthur Sackler, the Sacklers were uh, uh, three brothers who were all doctors and uh, Arthur Sackler was an art collector. If you go to the Metropolitan Museum or, uh, the, the many museums throughout the world you're going to see a Sackler wing they have given an immense amount of money um, they're you know they're society people very very wealthy very very private mm. uh, they purchased a company this is just sort of a thumbnail of it but at any rate they, they purchased a, a company called well the, that ended up being Purdue Pharmaceuticals who were the manufacturers for Oxycotton? <clears throat> Oxycotton we know now, has is responsible for about a half a million and counting deaths. Um, so this story that is based on a book that I can't really say the name of right now, um, but mm, It'll, it'll be on Netflix. It's directed by the great Peter Berg, mm. starring the incredible Uzo Aduba, and uh, Matthew Broderick, and on and on and on. Um, uh, it's a wonderful cast, Taylor Kitsch. <clears throat> and it's a big, big story, and it's mm. a, this is six hours, about this family, and about the detritus that is left um, when it's about capitalism, mm. it's about, um, legacy mm-hmm. and it is about, um, you know, it is about the cost, the other, the other edge of that sword. You know, we always grew up, we were told as kids that socialism was, was the evil empire. Oh yeah. I, Cause
0: you're from America. I'm, I'm from America,
1: <laughs> but, but, but it's not and this is what happens this is what happens and we're we're in it now in fact that that story is being told to like last week um things are still coming down so we start in arthur sackler flashbacks in the 19 you know 50s and and then we we pick up uh in the in the in the mid to late 80s and we Take it all the way until till now. It's a it, it, I'm having an incredible time.
0: It's fun. Um, who mm-hmm. are you?
1: I play a guy named Howard Udell, who was uh, the chief counsel for the Sackler family. He was the Tom Hayden, uh, i.e., you know from the Godfather, yes. the Duval's character, and in this in in this wonderful book, Empire of Pain. Uh, they describe him as uh, you know there are two types of conciliaries there's the ones who who give advice and then there's the one who carries out the will of the family and I am the latter mm, um, okay. and so it's it's very interesting uh, and uh i'm having i'm having a gas i
0: i you, I take that as red at this point <laughs> in the in the episode yeah. but this isn't the first bastard. Of history that you have played. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you you put on the skin suit of Roy Cohn. You didn't actually put on a skin suit. I just like to think that's what actors yeah. do. C- we're clearly working through all my issues today mm. about what I think actors do. Um, w- what is the, the joy, yeah. the fun, mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit of the... I don't know how to write that down yeah. <laughs> about playing these bastards of history. You know, is it I mean because we we were talking about, you know, how to imb- imbue somebody, you know, with with empathy and humanity. We've been especially this episode talking mainly about uh fictional characters. Mm. These are real life bastards, right. you know? Right. Like what like what kind of challenges uh and joys do you encounter in that process?
1: Well, I have to let go of the fact, uh, the guy, Howard Udell, was much bigger than me. He was a very, very heavy, very, you know, very heavy guy. I tend to think that there's an emotional truth that can be told and that that's the important thing is how do we serve, how do we serve the story? So, you know, Roy Cohn, Tony Kushner wrote an incredible, man that is it's based on Roy Cohn it's based on but it was based and forged in the contradictions of a Jewish man who was an anti-Semite a gay man who never ever ever admitted to his homosexuality who died of AIDS who never admitted to that um so the paradox all you can really do. I don't think in terms of imitation or anything like that. Yeah. If they say I'm playing Roy Cone, if they come to me and say, "Look, we need you to," you know, but I don't concern myself with that. I concern again with what is on the page, and how do I serve? How do I serve that? That is my God. Is what, what a is writer on the page? That's the it for me. So yeah. it's
0: less about. Um, or you don't feel a responsibility, you know, to these personages of history. I know that they're bastards, you know, but often when I speak to, you know, documentarians, we talk about the responsibility that they feel towards their... The, the subjects of their of their films you know like mm. is that something when you're inhabiting a historical character that you have to consider? we got into
1: a lot of trouble um, a, a, a number of years ago I did the Tommy Douglas story mm-hmm. um, you know the greatest Canadian yeah. and I played his nemesis a guy named Jimmy uh, Jimmy Gardner who was a real guy yeah. and we and and his family and his estate Jimmy Gardner they came after us yeah Based on, you know, I think part of the reason they claimed he was a teetotaler and I had a scene where I was, I had a scotch in my hand. It's fiction, kids. Yeah. This, none of this shit is real. And so, um, yes, there are, uh, I, I'm sure there are people who have to deal with legalities, but it's still fiction. All of this is fiction. None of this stuff. And when you see, Uh, this show about the Oxycontin stuff we so there's another one out right now called Dope Sick which Barry Levinson did which is a lot more um I think it's a lot more um I don't want to say realistic but it's it it it, it, because we have Peter Berg at the helm here everything gets turned up to 11 Mm -hmm. Uh, and and they're they're there's stuff that, that he asks us to do that is not based in anything other than an emotional truth and the interpretation of an emotional truth. Mm. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't bother with imitation or anything like that unless somebody comes up to me and says, you know, and I played uh, James Roscoe, who was the guy who killed the four members in Mayor I've played. I oh. played. Oh yeah, I play. I've played a bunch of historical guys. Yeah. I know. Yeah, he's a real <laughs> chipper guy. Um, but I'm sure
0: he was fun to play. I know. I'm still stuck on that. <laughs> I mean, I've known you for years. We've talked for years. I just like sitting down today. I. I mean, I knew we were going to talk about some heavy stuff, but mm. I just had no idea how often the concept of fun was going to be coming up today. And I am just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for these these nothing against chartered
1: accountants. But if I my if it father, wasn't if it wasn't <laughs> fun, uh, then we should all be like I it, what I get to do and how I get to make my living is is the same thing we did when we were eight years old and putting on, you know, the, the cop, the cops and the robber mask and go and playing. That's all it is. Yeah. There's nothing it's there's nothing different about it.
0: I think you broke my brain. Maybe last night everybody yeah. broke my brain too, but but like I just I feel like I I feel like I have a lot more understanding about actors after this conversation. So, thank you, Brian.
1: It was such a pleasure. Thank you for letting me come in and, and and vomit language all over your all over your <laughs> studio. Hey,
0: that's why we got the plexiglass uh divider. Uh where can our fans find you, follow you, celebrate you on the social media?
1: I'm not really good at it, but I but I I do Fine. I do have a presence, uh, uh, Brian Markinson uh-huh. at Brian Markinson and uh, at Brian Markinson.
0: Okay. On
1: on Twitter and Instagram and you know it's I'm easy to find. Let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> I'm not hiding anywhere.
0: Oh, okay, and you can also find him in the footnotes for this episode and watch the first season as well as the episodes of the second season of Tribal on APTN and APTN Lumi. Anything else? Does that cover it?
1: Thank you for having me. Was it fun? It was. No. (laughs) What? Of course it was. It was great fun.
0: (laughs) Good. Okay. And with that, listeners, I thank you. Please like, subscribe, leave us a review if you are so inclined if you are so inclined I have an accent all of a sudden nice. um, please <laughs> that helps us find even more listeners and then we can keep having Brian back to the podcast you know come back for a fourth time <laughs> actually I do want you to come back uh, both for your the opioid uh, project and right. also to be here with Susan Nielsen uh, to talk about Mad she gives you me yeah. <laughs> that's perfect um, you can find us at scene.com. follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at the just like Brian Marcus, so oh, actually, you don't find us at Brian Marcus. You can find us at YVR Screen Scene, but it's the same kind of naming convention, is what I'm trying to say. YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Rani Furminger, and it's edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for recording our Patreon ad, to Paul Furminger for technical support, and to Dane Not Furminger delave for the original music. Poor, poor Not Furminger Dane. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut. This ad begins with a story about an important but largely forgotten piece of Hollywood North history, the fish flight. In the 1980s, the fish flight was an early morning flight from Vancouver that delivered fresh fish to Los Angeles before the start of the business day.